Good morning. Can we stand together, please? Behind you in most of your seats is a hymnal. Would you please get it? Turn to page 10, if you would, please. Dr. Axel certainly enjoyed this hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, because it certainly depicted the majesty and the glory of the Lord. So that's the way we're going to sing it today.
sing of your mercy and your truth. We do. We declare your righteous acts and your deeds, O Lord. Hallelujah. You are just in all of your ways and blameless, O Lord. You are blameless. You are God, and we praise you. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord with my mouth. God is the strength of my heart. 
Joseph Walter Axtell was born January 21st, 1939 in Bridgewater, Maine. Walter was surely called of God to minister to his people as a pastor and a teacher. His father was a doctor, I believe a surgeon. His mother taught American and English literature, psychology and sociology. So he came from quite an educated background. Walter was saved in a church camp, and it sounds like a very little place in Ohio that I cannot even pronounce, but he was saved at the age of nine. He said, immediately I was impressed that God called me to preach. My call was so strong that at one point in my life, the only thing I was really sure of was my call. Wonderful. Walter began pastoring during the first year in seminary. 
He said, I recognized immediately that I was lacking and I believed I needed training and training helped me greatly. And I might add, this is the fruit of the training. He graduated from Texas Tech University with a Bachelor of Business Administration, later graduated from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary with a, with a Master of Divinity, and then finally in Oral Roberts University with a Doctor of Ministry. Walter had always been a seeker. He said, I was not satisfied with my depth of understanding of the Lord. Because of this, I believe God in his grace poured out of his spirit upon Walter. And in July 1972, he said, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit that I became aware of a teaching gift. And this teaching gift became stronger than my pastoral gift. He had discovered an ability also to train young ministers for the ministry. Thank God for that. He also discovered some apostolic and prophetic gifts, and we also on this campus thank God for that. As his ministerial experience indicates he accomplished a great deal he became pastor of the first baptist church in gene autry oklahoma and later pastor of the bethel baptist church in healton oklahoma he became senior pastor of arlington heights baptist church fort worth texas senior pastor of calvary baptist church desoto texas later as a teacher in Lubbock, Texas, became ac academic dean of Trinity Bible Institute in Lubbock, Texas, and was responsible for founding and organizing and administrating that institute. He became senior pastor of Calvary Temple and established a 12-year Christian ACE school, and I know that God also used him to help pilot the scheme of our ACE school on this campus for which we give God all the glory for Walter's efforts in that direction. While in his ministry, the Lord used Walter to establish four new churches, Andrews Christian Fellowship in Andrews, Texas, Praise Temple in Littlefield, Texas, Calvary Temple in Plainview, Texas, and Agape Christian Fellowship in Snyder, Texas. What accomplishments that the Lord has wrought through this man. And prior to his coming to Christ for the nations, he could literally point to at least 25 men and women involved in full-time Christian ministry as a result of his teaching and of his lifestyle. What an example. Of course, since he's been at Christ for the nations, that number could be added to greatly. How many hundreds of young men and women could say he's spoken to my life and no doubt many of them are in the full-time ministry at this time. So much we have to thank God for, for Walter Axtell. Yesterday on this campus we had planned well ahead Gordon Lindsay Day or Founders Day 
And of course, when this came about, we felt led to include not only the founder, but the follower. And Walter was indeed a follower in the steps of Gordon Lindsay, otherwise he would have had no desire to be here. So we celebrated Founders and Followers Day. Gordon Lindsay and Walter Axtell, who no doubt followed in his steps, as many of us are doing. Yesterday morning, from this pulpit, at least one and a half hours were fully occupied with just the faculty and only four students giving tribute to Walter's ministry. If we had opened it up to the student body, we could have still been going. And I'm not exaggerating. There was so much, so much that we could share. Just to point out one or two things. Even apart from the family, he was a father to so many on this campus. And it was even mentioned that babies that he dedicated, he became a grandfather to them. And their parents so much appreciated that. He was a buddy to many and a confidant. They were able to get aside with him and tell him things and open their hearts to him. And he was willing to always listen to them. He was a sportsman. But I think one thing that I would like to especially mention, that I didn't have the opportunity to do so yesterday, I saw the mark of maturity in Walter. And you may wonder what it is that um, distinguishes a, a mature Christian, a mature leader from all others. I'll tell you what I think it is. He is naturally spiritual and spiritually natural. That means that just as the colors in the rainbow are subtly integrated and yet they're distinct colors, they blend in so beautifully. And the mark of a mature man such as Walter, he didn't have to try to be spiritual, he was spiritual. He didn't have to try and be natural, he was natural. And they both blended so beautifully. That to me, without any great effort of switching gears, is a mark of maturity. God's mature man. I think the thing that touched us all yesterday was when we were told he was, he was away with a ministry team and there was one member that could have been acting a little bit contrary and Walter just washed his feet. Washed his feet. How beautiful. And although we don't always do it don't always do it literally. I know that he was doing it constantly, spiritually, washing people's feet. Now, to Walter Axtell's precious wife, Annette. The scripture says, precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints, is the death of his saints. And I want to say that his precious wife, and she has become so precious to us on this campus. Is in our midst this morning and we want to speak just a word of comfort and his precious sons likewise. For during the difficulty that Jay had 
that tragic accident last year, Jay became very precious to us and all of the sons are very precious to us. We love you. We appreciate you. And on behalf of all the students and all the staff and certainly on behalf of all the faculty, I extend our very deepest sympathy and assure you of our heartfelt prayers. And I know I can make a promise on behalf of everybody resident on this campus that like Aaron and her, we always want to lift up your hands because you will need them lifted up. On Monday morning, the day of Walter's passing, we were singing that beautiful chorus. It's fairly new, but we were singing that beautiful chorus, I lift up my hands unto thy name. And while we were singing it, I was sitting in the seat that I've just vacated, and I felt God tell me, encourage every student, and I wish all the faculty, and I wish the family could have been here, but it's not possible, to lift up our hands as Moses lifted up his hands. For when his hands were drooping, it could have denoted that the battle was turning against the children of Israel. And when they looked up as his hands drooped, it could have denoted that he was arranging the strategy. But it wasn't a victory. But as his hands were lifted, it was a sign of abandonment to the perfect will of God. And as a result of that, there was certain victory. And when I mentioned this to Annette and the boys the other night, immediately I saw her hands go up. And that was the theme of the day on Monday, and I believe it was prophetic. We can't understand. We lift our hands in abandonment. But if it's according to his will, he's surely, surely going to bring a victory. Sometimes the Spirit would say, hands off the strategy, leave it to me. And there's certain victory if we do so. I've lived long enough to be able to know some of the grand old hymn writers. And this is one. I worship thee, sweet will of God, and all thy ways adore. And every day I live, I long to love and know thee more and more. I have no cares, or blessed will, for all my cares are thine. I live in triumph, Lord, for thou hast made thy triumphs mine. Ride on, ride on triumphantly, thou glorious will, ride on. Faith's pilgrim sons behind thee take the road that thou hast gone. Can I repeat that for Walter's sons? Ride on, ride on triumphantly, thou glorious will, ride on. These pilgrim sons behind thee take the road that thou hast gone. He always wins who sides with God. To him no chance is lost. God's will is sweetest to him when it triumphs at his cost. Ill that he blesses is our good, and unblessed good is ill. And all is right that seems most wrong if it be his 
sweet will. We, as a faculty and as a student body on this campus, have felt so numbed by what has happened. We feel disjointed. Where is our other joint? Jesus must have felt like that, for on the cross of Calvary, the scripture says, all his bones were out of joint, and no artist can portray it, no poet can express it. No singer can sing it. We have no idea what Jesus suffered, for all his bones were out of joint as he hung upon the cross. But something more than that happened. He was out of joint for that time with his father when he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We feel numbed and out of joint because one of our joints is not here with us on this campus and will not function with us in future as is so adequately done in the past. But to the family, you feel it more than we do in that you must be crying like Jesus cried, my God, my God, why has he forsaken us? The answer to that was, nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And I want to reassure you that when Jesus rose on the third day, there was not one of his bones out of joint. There was not a wound in his body that wasn't healed. Resurrection made it all perfect. And I tell you, God is going to bring a victory out of what would appear to us to be a tragedy. But we know and we feel that you must be saying, my God, my God, why has he had to forsake us at this stage in our family experience? I personally knew this hymn writer, and I'm going to just repeat two lines or two verses of his hymn. He was one of the greatest preachers in Scotland, and he had an intellectually handicapped child that lived to the age of about six. He was so distressed one day, for he'd prayed and prayed and prayed for the healing of that child. And as he walked into a coffee shop, his head slumped in his hands, and he didn't know what to do, for the child wasn't getting any better. And would you believe in the next booth, a Salvation Army officer, who never knew him, tapped him on the shoulder and said, I don't know you, but I need to tell you, give up and accept the will of God in your circumstances. I believe it was prof prophecy through a Salvation Army officer. And this great preacher heard it as from the Lord, and he went home, and when he arrived home, he was told, your little daughter has just passed away. And these were the words he wrote. 